0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog.
1: You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with host Tyler Laurie and Zandric Ellison by underdog sports tune in every week as tyler and zan recaps the biggest storylines and news in the nba welcome to episode 154 of the underdog sports nba show i am tyler laurie and i'm joined as always by my co-host zandrick ellison zan how are you today good
0: you said 144
1: 154
0: 154. Okay, I'm just trying to keep track at home. Quite a streak we've got going on
1: here. We've missed a couple weeks, but I would say it's been, I mean, that's what, almost three years, and we've done more than 154 episodes, like I said, so it's been about three years of pretty weekly episodes.
0: And we're going to the second round for the third time. Am I right about that? This is our third playoffs.
1: Yeah, this is our third playoffs, right? Because Toronto second round, won and,
0: and there's a couple people who can't say that. LeBron's not in the second round. Luca's not in the second round. Jimmy Butler. Yeah.
1: So we are recording a day earlier than normal. It's Sunday night. The Clippers just beat the Mavs in Game 7 in L.A. Finally, a, a home team won. And we decided to record today because we sort of want to get out ahead of the Eastern Conference because the Bucs and the Nets will play Monday night. And then Utah and, uh, or, and then Phoenix and Denver will also play Monday night. But we wanted to make sure we kind of talked before just to have a kind of a state of the union on all of the starts of the second round. Yeah. The
0: timing really worked out to, to record now. So we could talk about, you know, a couple of the, like game seven just happened. We have to talk about it, but how it leads into make predictions. All the second round series are either just starting or about to start.
1: I actually was texted a very interesting prediction regarding Dallas if uh, if you want to get on the conspiracy theory train right now uh, because sure. so we've had a bunch of coaches fired we haven't really talked about that because it kind of just happens right like so Terry Stotts yeah. got fired after Portland lost I want to talk a little bit about that. Maybe we will a little bit later, but I, I thought that was.
0: We get to play to the end. Yeah. We like. I thought it was sort
1: these. of a poor choice. Steve Clifford gets fired. That makes total sense. Like, he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. He can definitely be an assistant on a good team. Uh, Scott Brooks is going to be back, is what it sounds like. And I, I think that, like, I was told that Rick Carlisle is probably not going to return as the coach of the Dallas Mavericks. And it's not going to be because, like, he's getting fired. It just might be that he wants to go somewhere else. And a very natural landing spot is Portland. So I don't want to like, I'm not making a prediction. I'm just telling you a rumor that was texted to me 30 minutes ago. Yeah, I was
0: wondering why you are leading with this, but that is a very interesting rumor. I I could see it. It doesn't make sense logically in the sense that like, what team has a brighter future than Dallas? Yeah, like why would you leave?
1: But if like the infighting between Luca and Porzingis is like a real thing, and- It's kind of like you feel stuck
0: with the roster. You must not get along with Luca in that way. If he wants to go coach great players that are 10 years older.
1: And listen, I don't know this. Okay. I'm just saying it because we love takes and we love content and, the and the maps just lost in a game where Luca had, you know, 46 and 14 on 30 shots. Like they, they, they should have won honestly, like based on how well he played, you would have expected that they won, but couldn't get stops. Paul George actually was, I, I thought Paul George was excellent. Uh, in game seven, like I, I know that he has had his playoff struggles and he was five for 15 from the field, but 22 points, 10 assists, six boards. I thought he played really well defensively. I thought he was all over the place. You know, I think the Clippers deserve a lot of credit for that. Yeah, definitely. I like,
0: mean, oh, down 0-2 against a team that was really hot shooting. Luca is just like impossible to stop. Uh, I think that's one of the themes in the playoffs. We see it with Trey Young, Luca. It's just like, you're not going to stop anybody. You know, like you can't guard their best player in any series so it's just like who's gonna outscore the other person um and the clippers just got more help Kawhi's shooting is just so freaking good now
1: his his game six was like incredible like every second it looked like they were gonna will in the first half he, he carried him and then the third and fourth quarter I, I think he had 13 in the third and 17 in the fourth and like he just is so hard to contain if he's making jump shots it's it's just it's wild to see and we like forget about him every year, right? Zan, like we talk. about. Well, I don't about know. Him. I
0: predicted that he. My bold prediction before the playoffs was that he would beat LeBron in the play, and outperform LeBron. Didn't quite happen, but maybe like you know, He's transitive property. At some point, we could say he, that he, he outperformed LeBron in the playoffs.
1: The Clippers are so interesting, and this was a huge game for you in the wins draft to yes. keep the Clippers Because I,
0: I, I've been like stubbornly. I'll tell you something. I thought the Clippers were going to win the title last year. I think you did as well. But I yes. thought they were going to win the title. As far as when they were in Game Seven against Denver, against Denver, um, yeah, yeah, I'm like, I just stubbornly believe that like the quote unquote best team is going to win, and they didn't, obviously. And it looked my doubt, my faith was tested in this series for sure. But they ended up pulling it out.
1: I would say too that like Tyloo deserves a lot of credit. He, he he adjusted game to game after after Game Two, really. Like you know they. they they went small. They buried Patrick Beverly. They, they didn't play Rondo. They, they stuck with Reggie Jackson down the stretch in game six. They played Lou Kennard a little bit more. They played Terrence Mann a lot more. Like, I, I think I the thought, Lue... I
0: totally agree. That was my takeaway. It's like, people hate on Ty Lue, players, coach, whatever. He did a great job. And, you know, here is an amazing stat I just read. He's 4-0 in game sevens.
1: And that's good, and, yeah.
0: and three of those times the team was down 0-2 in the series to start. So he constantly does adjust and improves throughout the course. I I would
1: say, too, like, it's, you know, the guy's Coach LeBron. He's coached, like, Kawhi and Paul George. Like, it's not like he's got, like, a lack of talent, right? right? But one thing I'll say about Ty Lue is, like, you know, having your guys ready to play in Game 7. Because here's the thing. In Game 7 today, like, the Mavs came out of the half out of halftime down eight and like threw like a major haymaker to go take the lead. And it looked like honestly it looked like the Clippers couldn't get stops like Boban was making like jump hooks. It was like, honestly, I wasn't sure that the Clippers would come back in and they just weathered the storm. It, it, it's almost like the Clippers team that we saw last year that looked like they were in disarray and they just didn't really care. And all of a sudden against Denver in game seven, all they just couldn't make a shot. That Clippers team looks dead, Sam. Like this Clippers team looks like a yeah, playoff well, hardened, it, it, like tough team. And if, if for there's Utah, an argument
0: that Doc doesn't adjust uh, and maybe he was holding well, the Clippers back, yeah. this might have been the series.
1: We'll we'll get to game one of the uh Hawks well, and Sixers at some yeah, point. It
0: was not a Doc's best day in, in both crowns. But I will say this about it. I thought there was like a little bit of a chess match um or a game of chicken, because it's like the Clippers were down two-o. And they smartly adjusted. They're like, look, Luca's killing us, and he continued to kill us, but still, yeah, let's make it a little harder for him by getting rid of, as we mentioned, like the tiny guys like Beverly, the big, slow guys like Zubak. Let's go like medium ball, we said.
1: No, I mean, they, they did do that, and they played Kennard a but, little bit. Wait, more. Hold on, I was
0: going to say that Dallas, I think, almost like tried to bait them out of that by playing Bobon, by playing Porzingis, playing this like big lineup. And I thought the t- intention was. To get the clippers to go big again and think that Bobon's killing us. we got to put Zubak in and then Luca could pick on Zubak. and then they didn't bite. you know they kept with their like medium lineup, even though they were getting out rebounded. and it worked
1: yeah and and I do think the the Bobon thing they adjusted. they had Kawhi in the high post and you kind of make ha- Bobon have to make a choice in the zone like because Kawhi is such an amazing this is this is a good take for anti-analytics people. like is such an amazing mid-range jump shooter. like if you throw it to him in the foul line, And they're playing a two, three and like Boban doesn't step up. Like Kawhi's going to make that every day. Like he's just, he's going to shoot 95% of that shot. Right. And then if he does step up, you're able to get cutters, which they were really good at. Now they also shot the ball a lot better, right? Like the shooting evened out in this series, you know, Marcus Morris. Like
0: some lucky, like Terrence Mann, I don't think is a great three point shooter. He was hitting three.
1: Two for three today. Marcus Morris goes seven for nine from three today. And Marcus Morris is a very good three point shooter, but to have your guys be really hot in a game that that matters is, is really important. And, and I would say like for the Clippers, they get to go play a Utah team that I, I think Utah is definitely a title contender in the sense that like they're, they're, they've been the best team in the league. Right. I think we sort of dismiss them because the Clippers have a ton of talent and like the Nets have a ton of talent and like the Bucks have a ton of talent. We're kind of just like, ah, Utah's good, but are they good enough in the playoffs? And I think this is going to be, a really fun series of a team that we kind of think is a little bit soft, right? Like we think the jazz are. we got to see him get punched in the mouth mouth. We need to see him kind of make adjustments. If Rudy is, is not elite defensively. And I think the, this game against the Clippers is going to be really exciting this series because I think the Clippers are really ready to like step into the moment. If that makes sense. Like, I think the Clippers are like,
0: we we dispatch
1: the best player and we're ready to go.
0: And I think, you know, you made the point about Kawhi's like mid range shooting, like, and it's been so, I've, I've never seen a player like improve yeah, in like crazy. one category. Like I it's looking crazy. up his basketball reference, like a couple of stats, just jumping at at you, not just to be a box score guy, but when he came in the league, you know, he was a role player with the Spurs and I think they wanted him to be like Bruce Brown. I mean, you know, Bruce, Bruce Bowen or something. Bruce Bowen, yeah. And he like, here's some stats. So, this first few years in the league, his percentage of field goal attempts that were assisted, right? Just catch and shoot. First year, 98%. Next year, 99%. The amount of shots from three he took in the corner, second year was 70% of the time he just shot from the corner. And that's down to 17% right now.
1: Yeah, he almost like never shoots corner. Yeah, range. and his mid-range so shooting.
0: Much. I mean, look at the improvement in the mid-range from 32% to 47%. Like across the board, he's almost improved like ten percent from each spot of the on the now, court.
1: I, I will say he did take mid-range jumpers when he was in college. Like I've told you this before, I was a manager on uh, his junior year when they were like number five in the country. We played them in the second round of the tournament when I was at Temple, and he did shoot mid-range jumpers. Then uh, he was much more of like an energy rebounder at that point. Really good defender still. Poor like man. got his hand on a lot of balls, but he did shoot jump shots. But his form looked very different than it is now. I mean, the Spurs deserve so much credit for turning this guy into just an all-time like, like offensive down. talent. Yeah, and yeah,
0: I think it's very comparable to. I mean, like Durant takes shots that he probably shouldn't take, but he makes them. And say McQuay, and
1: I, I'm telling you, the next guy is, and and we can debate this a little bit later on in the summer when we need content. But the the guy that I see kind of making this big jump, if he if he can get a little bit stronger because that's one of the biggest differences between Kawhi and everybody else but like Michael Porter Jr has turned himself yeah. into like an elite spot up jump shooter and the next step for him is to be able to like start to put the ball down and like create his own shot which we've seen him do he's further along in that category than Kawhi is but like he's the next guy so he kind of taken that big offensive jump as like a create your own shot as a jump shooter type guy
0: but because and in terms of why it's relevant like if Gobert is like a rim protector Kawhi's just living in the mid-range, really. I mean, he had a couple dunks, but I mean, he's just going to, you yes. know, like
1: <laughs> the same paper dunk. cut
0: you to death. Like Chris Paul is just like mid-range, mid-range, mid-range. And
1: like Jordan, threes, you compared him to
0: Jordan, old Jordan. I think that's accurate.
1: Yeah, that is a Rashad Phillips comparison, just in case the aggregators are out there trying to give me credit <laughs> for it. I, I that is thats That's been, Rashad Phillips has said that a number of times over the last couple of years. But I just think like the the, the Clippers have recognized that like having wings who can shoot and who can defend and who can switch is like this sounds so dumb to say but like they figured out like that's our strength like why do we need to be like zubach needs to play some against utah 100 and 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 he will but like you don't need to play patrick beverly like you have passable ball handlers until you get run off the court or all of a sudden you can't bring the ball up or you can't initiate your offense like you, you don't need to play Rondo 50, 15, 25 minutes a game. Like I said, they needed to do. Like, they don't need to do that. The, the game is slower. The pace is slower. They have enough guys that can make shots. They have enough guys that can handle the ball. Like, I, I think the Clippers have realized, like, we're just, like you said, we're going to play medium ball and just right, go nuts. Ball.
0: And, and I think that's what we always thought that they had the best, like, roster in the sense that, like, they have the pieces to go big, yeah. go small, and depending on the matchup. And it's going to be like a, interesting adjustment cuz it's a very different team now. Yeah. Playing Utah. Like yeah. Donovan Mitchell's going to score a lot but he's not going to scare you in the same way Luca is in terms of like just being a giant mismatch all the time.
1: I don't it, may, it might be worse for the Clippers honestly just in the sense that they they do switch a lot and switching against this team might get you in situations where your rotations are really screwed up. And like we know So how. what do you think
0: they happen? So you think they'll go back to Zubac or do you think they'll go with Marcus Morris kind of as a center?
1: <sighs> Man, I don't Honestly, I I wish I had that answer because probably if I did, then we could make some money in the the early games of the season. I think Utah should be a favorite in this series. I, I feel that way. If Mike Conley's hamstring is healthy, which it seems like it is to me, Utah deserves to be the favorite. I don't know if I feel like I think they're the favorite, if that makes sense. Like I think, like Vegas should have Utah at, like minus one thirty or like minus one fifty. But I think this is an even series. I think the Clippers should start with Zubac for sure and see how. But then the,
0: then the argument you could say if Marcus Morris, who is a very good three point shooter, could like draw Rudy out. Maybe. They just but
1: Rudy, it's not going to happen. You yeah. know, like they just don't do that. And so, uh, you know, my thing with Utah is, do they have the wings to guard? medium ball if you will. you know what I mean like they, they, right. the problem is like they're the opposite
0: they're a traditional team like they have two small guards they have one yep. giant center and and they have a really bunch of
1: wings who can make shots but aren't like great defenders they have like Derek favors who's your typical like glue guy like let's do the dirty work and I think that they're really efficient on offense they are very different like you said than the Mavs and it might you know Mitchell can get very shot happy and like very volumey but he's not yeah like Luka just destroys your defense. You know what I mean? Like, it's amazing to watch him play. There were times when in this series, I just watched and I was like, are we sure this guy's not the best player in the NBA right now? And I I don't think he is because I I think they find a way to win in the games where he has like, you know, 50 and 15 if if he was, because obviously there's an issue there. But I just, I feel like Utah is able to combat a lot of what the Clippers do. But they're not going to zone the Clippers either. You know, like, they're they're going to play man-to-man. Like, they're going to try to guard them, and that's a big difference from, like, this past series against medium ball where that's what Dallas did, and they zoned them up. So it would be interesting to see if Utah kind of steals that from Dallas's playbook and, and goes yeah. zone. so Yeah, and
0: I'm going to be curious, like, who is – are the Clippers, like, burying? Because, like, Patrick Beverly, I don't think he's healthy. I don't know. Maybe he's just hit a wall. Maybe he's I just mean, not a, good. A anymore. prime bath Patrick Beverly could play.
1: Yeah, he'd be great. Obaka has been Mitchell.
0: hurt, and like if Obaka's hurt, and you really don't have the true depth at center,
1: I think, I think those guys are done, dude. Like I don't think yeah. that I, I just I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Patrick Beverly some. This series makes much more sense for him because like he's so kind of all over the place a little bit. Like he can at least guard Donovan Mitchell, right? Because he have the ball a lot, and he hounds on the ball defend like as an on the ball defender. But I think like Serge Ibaka, like why do you even need to bother to bring him back at this point? He was a shell of himself in games one and two, and now you've sort of figured out like a passable four-five rotation with your your smaller guy. So like, what do we need Ibaka for? He doesn't if you yeah. The problem is like
0: if you have to go big, if that if you real if you think that's the way to go, just because you're scared of Rudy, like you bring out.
1: Do you need to go big though? (laughs) I mean, like yeah, no, they won't. They won't do that. I think they'll just play Zubak more, right? And I think that's okay. Do, like do you think of Rudy does really impact the game on the offense and defensive end, especially like offensive rebounding. He gets tips and things like that. But like, do you really think that this Clippers team with all their length and athleticism is going to get just hammered on the glass every game? I don't think so.
0: No. Well, they did, you know, they lost the rebounding battle, but I thought they did a good job against Dallas of like, you know, there was mismatches all the time. Bobon's just like enormous, yes, right?
1: Like seven, five.
0: Right. But like denying the entry pass, making it hard and like just you know if you can get a couple turnovers that way like it you don't want to disrupt like Utah's like offense i mean Utah's own offense if you're Utah like yeah. posting up Rudy 10 20 times a game you know
1: yeah and I, and i don't they won't do that you know they they just won't I, I think if if Donovan Mitchell plays the same way we saw him play against Memphis and i think it's a big if because it's a whole lot different being guarded by Kawhi and Paul George than it is and even I he'll get some Marcus Morris too I'm sure they they like to do that for some reason and Patrick Beverly and he'll get some Rondo like I think those guys to me are much different defenders than what he saw against Memphis and I I think when you turn Donovan into a volume shooter and you limit his free throw attempts it makes them much worse of a team and now the issue is that Mike Conley has been really good this year and Mike Conley has been very good at you know, taking open shots, like making good passes, like running their offense. So they have other things to do. But if if Mitchell has a tough game and then Jordan Clarkson comes in and he just decides like, I'm going to shoot it a million times, like you can shoot yourself out of it against this Clippers team pretty quickly. And so, like I said, my inclination is that Utah should be the favorite. And then I, I would probably like the sensible side of me, thinks like Utah in six or Utah in seven. Like I really feel that way. And then I watched the Clippers today and I watched Kawhi Leonard the last two games and I watched Paul George. And I think this is the team that's going to win the title. Like, I I, I, I really mean that, Zan. Like, I, I watched him. I'm like, man, they can really defend and score right. against any type of lineup. And so I'm excited to see what they do. And I think it's going to come down to coaching. And I think Ty Lue absolutely is worth his weight in gold in terms of, like, how he adjusts game to game. And I think against Quinn Snyder, it's going to be really awesome. I think it's going to be really exciting.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's definitely one of those games matchups where it's like it's, I can't even pick it. I would I would lean to the Clippers, but I'm more like a kid of the '90s where it's like superstars win, but that's can't like the argument. Why? It's like the best team wins, or is it like? you have the best player, you win. That's how we used to think.
1: I think it matters if you think like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are superstars. You know what I mean? Because the team is really Mm -hmm. good. Like Bogdanovich is good. Mike Conley's good. Favors is good. Royce O'Neal's good. Their bench is good. Like Clarkson and Niang are awesome bench players. But like, if you think Donovan Mitchell is a legitimate 25 plus point per game superstar, then you probably think Utah is better. But if you don't, it's hard to write off Kawhi
0: i agree and and you've seen that from donovan mitchell like the whole team's been like on fire this year
1: i mean they're really good
0: they're really good but donovan mitchell has those like moments you know I mean, where maybe, he, maybe, like we're, he's,
1: maybe we're judging him off like two playoffs ago when really like last year in the playoffs he was excellent as well and they just happened yeah. to lose in the first round
0: like maybe he's just getting better and better and better his you good. know true shooting's gone up every year his free throws have gone up every year i mean he's he's playing more efficient he's still just not a quite at the same level as like Kawhi, obviously his true shootings about average to be Who honest. Who do you
1: think Donovan Mitchell is like right now? Like what, what's the closest NBA player to him? Like, I understand that he's in the NBA, but if you had to compare, right. like, is he Jamal Murray? Like, are they pretty similar in your eyes or is he better? Well, than you know, Jamal his stats Murray?
0: are better, but I mean, it's a different role. Um, You know, you think of Jamal Murray just because they went toe-to-toe, you know, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's why I thought of it. Like, I I think he's sort of similar in a lot of ways to, like, Bradley Beal, but he's just not the same type of jump shooter. But he is a good jump shooter. Like, he's improved in that regard. So, I just think that, like…
0: Yeah, I mean, I would think of him more of, of that kind of guy, like a Bradley Beal. I mean, in that caliber of player.
1: Yeah, Let's go to the other series in the west. Obviously, if you're listening to our show, you are well aware that the Lakers lost game 6 to Phoenix. I I think it was I think it was Thursday night, I think. And then, that was shocking uh,
0: to me. I mean, just the injury obviously. You called it. I'll give you props. You thought Anthony Davis is not going to be 100%. Lakers are not going I, I was
1: really surprised they they cleared Anthony Davis to play. Like honestly, I, I give some credit to Anthony Davis for actually going out and playing. You could tell two minutes into the game that he just was not held. Like, it wasn't going to happen, you know? Like, it was done for him. And
0: Yeah. I mean, he looked bad. LeBron quit halfway through the game and, you know, got a lot of flack for that. I mean, people are really turning on him and Reddit and other places.
1: I just don't understand. Like, I, you know, I don't want to do a post-mortem on the Lakers. Like, I think we can do it in the offseason. But I will say this. Like, Phoenix was very good. We talked about this. They Devin Booker, awesome in game six. Uh, Chris Paul, I think his shoulder is an issue. I think it's going to be an issue against Denver, but obviously Phoenix should very clearly be the favorite against Denver. Uh, I just don't understand. like The LeBron thing, it's just always a disconnect between how good he is as a player and how bad he is as a player evaluator because the Lakers roster is now old, it's incredibly expensive, and it's incredibly redundant. And if LeBron is not – if LeBron and AD are healthy, they're probably the best team in the West, right? But if LeBron and AD aren't healthy, they have all these players that just can't play without LeBron and AD, and they just wilted. Like, games five and six, Zan, they just rolled over and were like, we just – it was almost like a dog that was like going to just roll over on his back and be like, I don't want to fight anymore. You know? Like, it was so bad.
0: It's a bad look for LeBron to do that. that. I mean, that was just like aesthetically a bad look to see. But they him were down plays thirty. Like, what's
1: the guy going to do? Like, I'm, I'm not saying that he doesn't right. deserve to like sleep in the bed that he made. He certainly does. But like, once Anthony Davis couldn't go, and like, I, I don't care how many people think LeBron is like a baby for this. Like LeBron's ankle was not a hundred percent. Like you could tell, like he's getting old. I'm there's, tired of that excuse. It's, it's, but, there's a lot of
0: excuses.
1: It's a real, it's I'm not, it's, it's not an excuse. Like he, they lost, like he's got to own that. And he, you know, he gave his press conference about how Phoenix was good. And like, I, I, I get a little tired bunker. of the
0: excuses. Cause it's like, look, like obviously Anthony Davis, is the top 10 player, well, it's hard understand. to win without him. But we, we alluded to before Warriors won some series with, you know, Durant being hurt at the time. We, yeah, they, it was only Game One, but we just saw them—you know—Brooklyn win without Harden in Game One.
1: You can, you I can rally. You I mean, third, these are all professional that's like you have players. The third stars. So when the when the third star gets hurt, right. you still have two stars. If the, I guarantee you, if the Lakers have James Harden and Anthony hey, Andre Davis, Drummond have,
0: making twenty five million dollars a year, yeah,
1: they, they made a lot of really curious decisions. And I think the issue for Lakers fans, or more likely LeBron fans, because there's—I I don't know if those things exist in exclusivity of each other anymore, but. Like, I don't know what the Lakers do going forward. I, I certainly think that LeBron and AD have another run in them if they're fully healthy. I, I do think that the league did an incredibly bad job with the, for the teams like the Final Four of last year. You know, Denver's still in because, like, Jokic is just amazing. But Jamal Murray has a 20 ACL, so they're not really a title contender right. when they would be. AD gets hurt. LeBron misses a lot of games. Miami's out already. Got swept in the first round. Jimmy Butler missed games. They had a bunch of injuries. Boston. Guys had season-ending injuries. I think it was very clear for those four teams. They just didn't have a chance to kind of wind down from the bubble. And I think that that that's a real thing. Like I don't want to say you probably think it's an excuse, but I do. Yeah, think I think
0: it's, it's a lot of excuses. You're buying into the PR machine, but I'm I mean, surprised they, they, they that they you had said to play,
1: they had to ramp up to play a season two months after the previous season ended, when they played like 45 games in a three-month span, and then they had to play. Hey, Thank I work. So I work
0: know. all year round. We do the podcast. That is, all year round.
1: that is true. That is true. Although it's it's not really physically exerting. <laughs> it is
0: listening to your hot takes, um, and one do, of them. Do I you really?
1: C- wait, hold on. Do you really think that that didn't play into this season for those teams?
0: I mean, how much time the, – the, This all this talk of, like, oh, they had to play, you know, back-to-back, quick turnaround. Like, LeBron took 30 games off. Obviously, we he heard <laughs> He didn't
1: take 30 games off. This Anthony isn't like Davis took he 50 just, games off. This I isn't mean, when they he barely just, like,
0: played this year.
1: This isn't like when he just, like, went to Miami, you know? Like, he didn't, I don't know. He didn't do that. He probably I, did shoots
0: for a Space Jam. I
1: mean, Space um, Jam too. And, again, he had, to, he had to get the best team in Space Jam too. Like, you need to play with, like, Tasmanian Devil, Marvin Martian. But it's Lola not like Buddy. these guys,
0: like, Jokic played –
1: Oh, yeah, I don't know. series last year. I don't know how Jokic does it. I don't. And he I don't, played I don't every
0: single game. and He played thirty-seven minutes I, a night, I, I gotta and tell he's you, still playing strong.
1: I don't understand Luca, and I don't understand Jokic because, like, those guys just—they don't look like they're in shape. Right? They lose weight and they still look out of shape. Like they right. still—they they're not good athletes. I and they just play so many minutes. It's I, like I don't know how Jokic does it. Like in the double overtime, like the Dame fifty-five special, whatever we want to call it. Like Jokic just goes for like 38, nine and 11. And like, we don't even talk about it because Dame was like on fire, but like, Jokic made so many plays and, and well, that's why I'm surprised. Like,
0: I'm surprised you said the Phoenix would be a he- heavy favorite against Denver because just I, they heavy?
1: I just think they, sh- they should be a favorite for sure.
0: Cause like the, I think that's their argument. Is like, Aiton's. I like Aiton. He's he you played know. really well. He's going to get
1: flamed by you. Yeah, he's
0: kind of like a you know, he's this not is, like a tough guy. He's this is a little different
1: they, than, than playing. They don't have
0: depth, really. I mean, like I like Kaminsky, but he, he'd be in trouble. Dario Saric, They try is, to play is at Kaminsky to
1: play any minutes that matter. I,
0: I mean, what is. if Aiton gets in trouble? Like, what's your yeah, second option?
1: I do think that it's an interesting matchup, right? Because like Aiton against a full strength Anthony Davis, I think we saw that 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 was probably not going to work out well but he was good on offense because he was against like Andre Drummond and Marcus Saul. you know, Jokic is not a great defender. And so I think Aiton will be able to give it to him a little bit on that end. But like on offense, like you just, you're just going to get torn up. Like, like Jokic is legitimately playing like the best player in the NBA. Right? right.
0: So like, how do you defend him? So you have Aiton and like their center rotation right now, so Aiton Starge, they tend to play, but I don't think they could have him guard Jokic, obviously. Kaminsky, I don't think can. Yeah, either. I think so,
1: I, I think they're going to have. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a lot of eight and one on one. And the issue is, I think you're going to have to get into passing lanes. I think you're going to see him play Tory Craig a lot more. I mean, he was obviously playing a good amount before, but I think you're going to see a lot of Mikel Bridges. J- I think you're going to see Crowder on Jokic some. Like, and I think they'll put eight on like Paul Millsap or something like that. I, so, you
0: almost pulled the trigger on Jalen Smith. Do you want to say yeah, that? that he, I mean, I just he's, wish he's good. Like, I think he's pretty good.
1: I mean, he doesn't play. He's useless for them. It's just, I, I think, like, if Chris Paul... If this is, is
0: why they drafted him.
1: Yeah, just, he's a bad defender. Like, <laughs> but I, he's I just, strong.
0: Like, I mean, he's strong and he can shoot. I mean, here right?
1: here are the two, like, to me, the, the matchups for Phoenix, you know, like, Monte Morris is, is a good defender. Like, he'll do okay on Chris Paul. But, like, what do you do with Devin Booker if you're denver right you know Denver's, that's the other that's, thing
0: that's that's definitely a problem i think they're gonna throw austin rivers because he kind of has a reputation yeah like he's, a he's not a,
1: he's like a chippy defender he just got flamed by dame like every possession right and it's he, cool he's like one of
0: those like you know patrick they used to say that about patrick beverly like he trick you because he like looks like he's trying really hard
1: and yeah he's it's, like, it's the it's the false hustle thing like it's it's really i think there are a lot of guys like that like there's a guy miles mcbride from West Virginia this year in college. And he's going to get that reputation where it's like, he's going to be a really good defender. And if you watch this film, you're like, yeah, his feet are pretty bad. Like, but he's, he's active. I mean, what are they going to do? Like like
0: Chris Paul does not scare me right now. I mean, if I'm Denver, like he would be my like fourth priority.
1: I mean, here's the problem though. Like you're in a situation where it's like rivers, Monte Morris and compasso. Those are like your three perimeter defenders. They may, I, I think we'll see more Shaq Harrison in this series. 'Cause I think you'll just have to play him against Devin Booker because you just don't want to give up fifty to an opposing guard. But I mean, Dane is Dane is better than Devin Booker and they still won that series. So I just think that I see I,
0: I think I'll be close. I well, mean,
1: Phoenix's depth is better than Portland's depth. That's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah. And Denver is like, you know,
1: wounded right now. Are awesome. they
0: wounded though? Like they Well, I'm saying
1: Jamal Murray. Um, it's it's funny, like watching them play. I, I like this Denver team. Like I, I didn't realize I had Portland in the wins draft. I told you this after game five, when I was like, I was really rooting for, uh, I was really rooting for Denver. And I was like, man, I should have rooted for Portland because I had Portland in the wins draft, but like, it's fun to watch Denver. Like they, they play so hard, like their benches into it. Like, Jokic is like one of the most fun players in the NBA to watch. And it's like this Denver team, like I don't, I don't think they care one bit that Jamal Murray's hurt. Like, I think they, after the season, when they get eliminated, they'll be like, damn, I wish we had him, but well, like and they're, they're the playing with is, so much confidence.
0: The key is Jokic to me as a scorer this is my key. because like you look at him statistically, he's been about the same kind of player for a while. He was like 20, 11, six and seven he took assists. A huge jump. He took a huge jump this year as a shooter. And just as a score on all levels. And then it naturally makes you think like, you know, I saw somebody on on Twitter say he's he's as good of a shooter as Dirk. And I'm like, that's just not true.
1: I, I mean I mean, was, when you he, when you watch him in games, like he's shooting yeah, with but so much confidence. He's shooting he with amazing. a lot of
0: confidence. He's also a guy who shot thirty percent from three two years ago, thirty one percent from three last year, and jumped to thirty nine percent this year. So maybe it's legit.
1: It's so on a really high volume. It'd be hard for it to not be... Maybe he's like a 36% three-point shooter, right. right?
0: And he and his free throws are really good, too. So he, he's a good shooter, but it's just like, I need him to score, you know, 30 a game. Like, There's he needs he- to be Kawhi Leonard of
1: this series. Well, the good news is uh, he's certainly doing that. No, he's doing That's that right now I, in the playoffs. Port, Do you,
0: Portland's defense is not exactly.
1: I, I'm, I'm interested though. Like his assist numbers are down, right? Like he, he's not kind of running the offense like you'd expect, but his scoring numbers, he's averaging like, like 33 points a game, I think. And you know he had one bad game, but every other game was like 36 or above, but only four and a half assists per game. So I'm interested to see if Phoenix guards him the same way where they make yeah. him more of a scorer. Because right now, I mean, he, he's certainly, what is he, like 53, 43, 92 or something in the playoffs? Like, he's, I mean, he's really good. I, I think Phoenix... Do you Phoenix, have an official
0: prediction? Because I, I we both took the Clippers. Are you saying that? No,
1: yeah? I'm going to take Utah in okay. the other I'll, one. I'm going to take the
0: Clippers U- in six or seven. Okay,
1: I'll take Utah in seven. Okay. And then in this one... Man, I really like to see Jokic. Although I don't think either, I think like Phoenix against either Utah or the Clippers could be a good series. I don't really love Denver's matchup with either of those teams, although they've they've been really good against the Clippers. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Phoenix in six.
0: I think it's going seven. I I, I think we're riding the Phoenix beat the Lakers. Phoenix is a title contender. (laughs) I think they might be at this point, but
1: the the Lakers, the Lakers are pretty bad with, with a 60% LeBron and no Anthony Davis. They're pretty bad.
0: I, I, can I pull the trigger on Denver? Because I just think, I don't think Chris Paul looked healthy. His shoulder looked
1: worse. I thought in game six.
0: Yeah. And if he can't shoot, you know, it's a problem. And, uh, They just, you know, I just don't totally trust all their role players. Jake Crowder had a great game to close it out, but he's just so erratic.
1: Yeah, he was really bad from three to start, and then he has, like, one good game. But, like, Jake Crowder could really shoot, like, 15% from three over a seven-game series, and that would really hurt you because the guy lets it fly.
0: Right, and this is the the quote that I'll live to regret. I don't think there's a huge difference at this stage between Monty Morris and Chris Paul, an injured Chris Paul. So if... If a supporting cast is kind of equal, I'm I'm banking on Jokic being a legit top five player. That's yeah, I mean Jokic because he's white.
1: Like at this point, you know we we've done our top ten players each of the last two seasons, and at this point, like I just don't see a scenario where unless like the two of us are just incredibly biased against guys that we said were really good. Like I don't see a scenario where you can have a list where Jokic isn't like a top five player in the NBA considering the season he's he's turned in. And really? I would expect. I, I was shocked, continue. by the way,
0: on the broadcast. Jeff Van Gundy actually said, like, they were talking about how Luca is slow, and and he's like, he's faster than he looks, just you yeah, know, he's based a on athlete. his skin color. But like the fact that he even said he, that,
1: the, the argument was with Mark Jackson, and he was like, yeah, he plays angles really good. He got him on his hip, and Jeff Van Gundy was like, yo, he literally just blew by Trey Man right <laughs> to the rim, which is exactly what happened. I mean, the, the the idea that like these guys are bad athletes is definitely like some like you're looking at him and you're like, he's white and he can't jump high, but like Luca's balance and like his footwork yeah. and his agility is like unbelievable. Well, it's like a hardened thing too. Jokic, right? Jokic. I don't really understand. Jokic I understand I don't understand. Because, either. <laughs> Cause he looks like he's top heavy. Like his, his legs are really long and spindly. And it looks like he runs the kind of awkwardly. That guy's like, just, he's just, he's truly a unicorn. It makes no sense. How good he is. Um, let's go to, you want to do the you want to do the sixers first you want to do let's Boston do the sixers defense? your guy
0: doc rivers all right blows so, the first game
1: so the sixers lose at home uh one tw- I believe it's 128 124 uh really a, a, a just a terrible showing from the sixers until the last like six minutes of the game and I, I want to go on record and say like obviously the Hawks aren't gonna shoot 20 for 47 from three again I doubt they'll make 23s but the Sixers' defensive game plan in this game was probably the worst defensive game plan I've ever seen. Like you, you beat the Hawks by stopping Trey Young. The Sixers have Ben Simmons, probably the best perimeter defender in the league, other than maybe Drew Holiday. And then they have Matisse Thybul, who's a really good defender. And they start Danny Green on Trey Young, and they let Trey Young use every screen and Embiid, who plays and has, I think he scored thirty nine, although he was very bad defensively. I don't know if they told Embiid to sink on every pick and roll, or he did that because he was concerned about his lateral movement, but, like, they just let Trae Young use every pick, get in the lane, make floaters, then they started to go under, and he started making threes, and then they started spraying the ball around, and all of a sudden, like, they were down 25. Anytime that Atlanta was legitimately running offense, the Sixers' defense looked horrific. And then finally, in the fourth quarter, the Hawks took their foot off the gas, and then almost pooped their pants down the stretch, and it became a close game. But, like, for, I don't know, Zane 85% of this game, the Sixers got their asses kicked. Like, it was not close at all.
0: And I thought, I mean, um, the stats don't bear this out. This is me going against the box score. But I thought Tybal guarded Trey Young pretty well. I mean, he was I, minus 12 on the game. He did okay. But, I mean, like that to me is like... You just have to, if, if they're just going to like make you switch all the time, like you just need to have everyone on the court who's capable of guarding him at some point. And yeah,
1: they can't do it with Embiid, right? That's just not possible. But yeah, I also it has to be
0: like one through four at
1: least. I, I, I also think they need to do a better job of figuring out a way to make Trey Young have to defend. And that's one of the problems with this Sixers roster is that like because Embiid has the ball so much, like their offense is it slows down, right? And their offense wasn't great today. They turned it over like 12 times in the first quarter, which was really bad, or nine times in the first quarter. It was really bad. But, you know, maybe you can put Tyrese Maxey in the game with, like, Danny Green and Embiid and Simmons and Harris and, like, you can have Maxey kind of drive him a couple times and make him have to work on the defensive end. Because, like, don't get me wrong, like, I'm not saying Trae Young's the best player in this series, but he is the best offensive player on the Hawks and clearly the most important offensive player on the Hawks, and you, you need to make him much more uncomfortable on both sides of the floor than the Sixers did today. My concern with Daiba is that I think he's a little too handsy to guard Trae Young for an entire game. Like, I just think yeah. that like, he's going to pick up fouls and like, you really don't want to give, like, you've said this for a couple of years now, like Trey thinks that he's a much better three point shooter than he actually is. Like he, he's, he's and he'll really, take like, tough shots. Right. And so you don't really want to get him going at the foul line. I think you want to make him shoot over top of screens. And like, if he makes 10 threes, he makes 10 threes. But I think by and large, you're going to see a lot of like three for 10, three for nine. From,
0: right. From three I mean, that's range. the point we made last podcast is where Trey Young is. You know, he takes really tough shots, so it's grading on a curve. But if you just look at the score, box score, below average field goal, below average three-pointer, like below average everywhere except the free throw line. And so if you're letting him get nine free throws a game, you're that's where he's gonna pick yeah. you apart. And and, you
1: know? and so, like, and you also just can't let him get into the paint because he's he's definitely one of the best, if not the best guy in terms of floaters in the league. Like, and then when you do have to step up, then they just lob it to Capella and like Embiid is you know again, Embiid was good enough on offense today. Like, I I know what his numbers are. I know what, I know Philly fans are probably really excited. They're like, yeah, we figured it out in the fourth quarter. But like, they're, I I think that there's real legitimate concern about Embiid's ability to defend in this series. And I think And
0: his health, after the game, he said that he didn't, he's like playing on a torn meniscus. He's like toughing it out, but-
1: And and you can tell like there were legitimate times where he was lumbering up and down the court. Like his wind is not where it needs to be. And that's not his fault. Like he's, he's missed a week of basketball, you know, with the knee meniscus, the only way you repair it if you don't have surgery is rehab rest and ice. And so like, you know, this isn't a guy that's like running on the treadmill to make sure that he can play. And so I wouldn't say that I'm overly concerned if I'm a Sixers fan, I, I, I think they should be somewhat concerned because Doc Rivers is not a guy that makes adjustments. I think Daryl Morey is going to do a better job than the Clippers' front office You know, I had
0: that weird thought where it's like, Daryl Morey is, you know, GM of the Sixers, obviously, now. And he's losing to a team that I think he would have constructed. (laughs) You know, like, he he he, likes the way Trey Young He
1: wouldn't have paid Gallinari, I don't think, $80 million. Because that guy looks like a shell of himself. Like, he just looks like... Like, he got stood up by Tobias, like, on the offensive end, and it was just really bad. But I, I don't know. I just think that, like... To 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 look at this Hawks team on film and be like, this is how we're gonna start the game with Danny Green letting Trey Young use screens and then beads sinking into the paint. Like, I just want to know like who was in that meeting because it's just it, it was just it was just horrific. And then on offense, they just didn't look ready to go. Cause the one thing about the Hawks is like they're not a good defensive team. They're they freaking start Solomon Hill for for God's sake. Like this is not a team that, like, you can't score 115-plus points against, and the Sixers just weren't ready on offense either. Like, they got very little production out of – you know, I thought Ben Simmons was very active, and, and you know, he goes seven 7-for-7, seven, but 3-for-10 from the foul line. You know, Seth Curry, good garbage time numbers, couldn't make a shot in regulation – or early in the game. Danny Green, somebody described to me as the worst good shooter of all time. He's just a, a very terrible game from Green. And so I don't really know – Aside from, I think they need to tell Embiid, like, you need to be more active and pick and roll. Yeah, it,
0: it was clearly a team that couldn't figure it out. Like, Close game, I mean, by the end. And they played 11 guys. So it's just sort of like, what are we yeah, doing there?
1: Ma- I mean, like Max, was really bad. Dwight Howard was Dwight Howard was awful. Shake Milton yeah. can't get off. Your guy, Shake Milton. Like I know,
0: um, he's struggling. Yeah, and I, George Hill, like, I, I texted you. I'm like, I, I forgot he was on the team because he doesn't play. And, like, they, they, I think he would make sense.
1: And how play. about, like, Doc plays the all-bench lineup at one point? Like, they're, they're already <laughs> down, like, 10. I think they were down, like, 13 or 10. They, they He puts in the all-bench lineup. And the Hawks just go on like a 17-0 run because it's a lineup of Georgia. Twitter
0: was roasting them for that. I think Kevin O'Connor. And, you know, he used to do that all the time. I told that story. It drives me crazy when the Clippers that he would bench all his stars at the same time.
1: It's just like, that's just... Just leave Simmons out there or even leave like like Seth Curry out there, honestly. He used to, earlier in the year, you know, he would leave Tobias in that lineup and let Harris kind of like be the guy. And it's just,
0: especially in the playoffs, where even Embiid is playing thirty eight minutes, it's like you could play one of the two all the time. There is no I'm excuse for
1: this. I would love to know behind closed doors what their thoughts are and what they can really get from Embiid because right. I, I understand his offensive production today, and I understand like he he had some moments where he like talked trash and it looked like old Embiid, but like I just he just does not look like a guy who can play. You know, forty minutes in in six games, it just doesn't look like. Well, that I,
0: this is my sort of like take on it. You know, Sixers down oh, one, He
1: played thirty eight minutes today. Right.
0: It's just to me, I would take the Sixers if I knew Embiid was healthy, which he does not appear to be. I would almost take the Sixers if Embiid was
1: out, because you knew you know how to game plan. Like you can right. game plan without him for sure. Like.
0: Playing with an injured, slower Embiid, I think, is the scary part.
1: And, like, he shot 15 free throws today, and and he will beat up on the Hawks' front line. Like, Capella's much smaller. John Collins is a terrible defender. Like, Kong was just not ready for Embiid. That's just not how it works as a rookie. But, like, there's no guarantee that he shoots 15 free throws in a game again, right? He was one for three from three. He He really didn't have the same type of touch you'd expect from him on jump shots. Like, now, he can bury dudes in the post, for sure, and he still will do that. But I just... I don't know, man. Like, I'm worried about Embiid, and not so much for this series. I do think they're going to get by the Hawks. I think they'll win in six, probably something like that. I think. And then also,
0: just like a note, um, DeAndre Hunter did not play.
1: Yeah, that's not a good. That's not a good sign. I think they expected to have him back, and just having like right knee soreness is like I I don't know that we're going to see DeAndre Hunter, which would which sucks because then you can play like Gallinari and Solomon Hill less, which is very good for them. The other thing is like, remember when I said. That the the Bucks are better without Bogdanovich. I still am holding on to that take because I still think paying Dante less is is good. But like man, Bogdanovich was good today. Like I really guy, like I've always liked him. He's a three, killer, you know. The three he made up three after missing one directly the possession before, and the Sixers like coming back, the arena going crazy, and then he makes that three up three to go up six with like 40 seconds to go. Like that shot was just major onions. It's good to have a guy like that on your team. Yeah.
0: And you know what? I had that thought too. Like he's the kind of guy, if he wasn't a basketball player, he would be like a Serbian gangster or something. He just (laughs) just has like, I don't even know if he's Serbian, is he? He, Yeah, I don't
1: know. But he
0: just has that like cold hearted, like I'm going to, take you out, even if he's not like an A plus he player, he's like a he, B plus player, but
1: he is Serbian. That, that's correct. I, I think, wonder, yeah. I, I wonder if they played Tony Snell four minutes in this game and then they rightfully, I like Tony Snell game. too. Yeah. But. You know, he's shooting like 50, 50, a hundred this year. It's really great. But, but you know,
0: what I had that thought with the Lakers and I'll, how I explain it like Bogdanovich, whatever he's, I guess a role player starter, whatever you want to call him. Like he looks comfortable and confident. We'll talk about the nets, but the, the, the role players play hard. The Lakers role players, not to fall back on that, but aside from Caruso, like they just look like non-confident, like they don't know what to do, they're scared to do anything. Um, That's there's something weird, to man. that like, where it's like,
1: I'm, I'm you know, telling you, like LeBron, and I and and then let's like dead LeBron for the rest right, of like right. the podcast and the rest of like the playoffs, but. He simultaneously gives his teammates so much oxygen and confidence while also, like, cutting their legs out from under them and blaming them when things go wrong. I've never seen anything like it. It's, like, amazing. And he, this year, it just didn't happen for him, right? But, like, how many times have we seen him talk about, like, Kyle Kuzma's so good, and we're like, Kyle Kuzma sucks, and then he's just, like, making shots down the street. Well, and it's
0: just, like, I don't even mind making or missing shots. It's just sort of the confidence. Like, the Clippers, like, Terrence Mann, take that open three, man. Take a shot at it.
1: There, there is something to and I'm gonna talk we'll talk about this with brooklyn in a minute because I, I I'm not harden is not going to play game two that's official as of you know two hours ago but like having tough guys who who want to compete and want to win and don't necessarily need to like seed the spotlight is really important and that is one thing about the clippers that like like Marcus morris like he doesn't give a shit what Kawhi Leonard says to him about shots that he takes. You know what I mean? And it's not, I'm not saying like you shouldn't be a good teammate, but like having some of that level of like confidence and toughness, like that is actually very, very important. And I think that like when you play with LeBron, you have that toughness when LeBron is playing well, because when it's going well, it's going great. Right. You're, you you know, he's the best guy in the league to play for, but when it's not going well and you're not in a situation, you're afraid to take shots. Like, I just don't see that from him. I, I see this from the Bucks sometimes too. Like they just don't look like they have like that high, high level of toughness that you would expect from a team. And it like, you know, the Warriors, I never thought they had it, but it didn't matter because they were so good. But like, I thought the Rockets did back with Harden because like they had PJ Tucker, they had dudes that wanted to take shots. But like, I think
0: I, just, I, I definitely think there's like an X factor, and like title teams do tend to have tough role players, whether it's Dennis yes. Rodman or Ron Artest or no, whatever. I mean,
1: it, it is. It is. If you if you go back, like Draymond Green counts, right? Like Andre Iguodala right. is a tough role player. Like those guys count. Like if you look at the Spurs, like Danny Green. I mean, even way back, like guys like Sean Elliott, right? Like they mm. had guys that were really ready to step into those roles. And so did the Lakers. Like Kobe and Shaq were both really tough, but they also had you know, Derek Fishers of the world that are ready to do that. And I think, you know, the Hawks worry me in that regard a little bit because I don't think they're super tough. Bogdanovich I do think is tough. But, like, I don't know that I think the Sixers are super tough either. Like, I, I think this that's a no. big issue with the Sixers is that, like, you punch him in the mouth, and if Embiid isn't playing well. Well, and you know, also, like,
0: the confidence of Ben Simmons I always wonder it's about. Weird. Like,
1: it's weird. He's just so calm all the time. You just feel well, like Well, yeah, it's fun. like
0: he almost got traded. He doesn't look comfortable in the half court ever. But he's obviously really good good. I mean, he was
1: awesome for a segment in the third quarter. Like, he just came out and he was just, like, ready to go, and it's like, all right, dude, well, we're down 25, so... I think
0: that might also be a function of him just, like, not trusting his shot, not trusting his free throw.
1: I also think there's some level of, like, until he knows Embiid isn't supposed to be the guy. I think they've conditioned the Sixers, right? Tobias Harris is, like, very clearly their second option, right? And I think Doc gives... Doc has given Embiid a ton of love and, you know, he's really showcased him. And he's really improved Tobias. And I think for Ben Simmons, you know, I think it's a natural thing for him to kind of be like a playmaker and defer. And so I think until he realizes like, oh, crap, what's supposed to work isn't working. He just never really puts his foot on the gas in that regard on offense. You know what I mean? He just yeah, focuses I, I don't know how
0: he feels. I would love to pick his brain and know how
1: he happy really he talk. is. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, 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 I've heard happy. I've heard he and MB get along. Okay, him, So, all right. Let's go to the other series. Uh, I alluded to it. James Harden gets hurt, you know, like 45 seconds into game one with a hamstring. I would expect that we will not see James Harden until game four or five, if at all in this series, uh, same hamstring he hurt in the regular season.
0: And if you're, if you ever played fantasy football, you know, like th- this comes up again and again, you it's know, it's, like it's if like he comes back in game four, he might not play game five. It's,
1: it's stupid. Like I, you know, and I feel bad for, for Harden. Um, I was blown away at the effort level the rest of the Nets gave after he got hurt. I think there are some reasons to be concerned if you're a Nets fan. Like certainly winning that game without Harden is great, but obviously, you know we talked about this. The Bucks shot six for thirty from three. That ain't going to happen again. I mean, yeah. they might have another bad shooting day, but I don't expect it to be six from thirty for thirty. The next shot, the the Nets still shot the ball very well, which I would expect to continue. But, you know, like you told me privately, you know, they shot nine free throws. you got to find a way to generate some points if shots aren't falling. Um, Kyrie
0: Irving, 26 field goals, zero free throws.
1: Yeah, he was flat out spectacular. Just one of the most fun guys to watch on offense when he's playing well. Durant's. Just really good. Only shot four threes, but you know, goes for twenty nine and ten. Blake Griffin eighteen and fourteen. First career playoff triple or playoff double double with teams. Really surprising. He, I
0: thought he was their best player. I mean, like yeah. his passing was really important. His energy. It's it's
1: um, it's, re- it's really interesting. I think with a guy like Blake Griffin, uh, he guarded Giannis. You know, and, yeah. and Giannis had good numbers, but he did a pretty good job on Giannis. Question. And he just
0: like gave him a lot of space and he's like, shoot. Yeah. If you want and I to... think
1: they're going to keep doing that. And in the regular season, Giannis shot pretty well against them in that regard. It's a whole lot different in the playoffs. And so we'll see if that continues. Right. Because I don't think you know, I think, but Giannis I think that's wide. their was,
0: plan. It's like, hey, Giannis, have some space. If you get hot, good for you. But yeah, we I mean, do not 16, want you driving. He was
1: 16 for 24 from the field, all things considered. Right. Like yeah, Giannis, he only crazy. shot three free throws like Giannis is amazing. But I think when you with a guy like Blake Griffin, who clearly has more in the tank, you know, than, than people I know, expect, right.
0: And and Claxton, I thought guarded Giannis is at it, the time. You know, it, like he's he has good energy, good athleticism.
1: Yeah, and and like Bruce Brown and Mike James, like these are kind of the tough glue guys I talk about. Like Mike James was playing in Russia like two months ago, and now he's playing twenty five minutes a game on probably you know on who and he played was, he's,
0: he played thirty without Harden. He might yeah, I mean he's going to play, gonna play he a might lot. Start. So here
1: is the thing with Mike James, like he has always been super talented, but it's always been like, this is a guy that's really tough to coach. Like he, he's, he's a hothead. Like he, he's not like a bad dude by any means, but he's, you know, he's just not a super coachable guy. So I wonder if playing on a team with, you know, future hall of famers and like Kevin Durant kind of reigns him in a little bit and they, they let him do a lot, right? Like he gets shots, he handles the ball, like, but, I mean, they still had possessions where all five guys touched it and it ended in, like, a wide-open Joe Harris three. Like, they they really didn't look like they missed a beat on offense without Harden, and I think that's good to see. I don't know if the Bucks will, you know, really get better on offense. Like, Middleton I thought was terrible on Saturday night. Yeah. thought Drew was just okay. P.J. Tucker was just washed on offense. He certainly provides some value on the defensive side of the ball. But then, like, Brooke Lopez, like – he he can't guard Blake Griffin. He just can't. And so, you know, I think when you give a guy like Blake, you know, you make him more of a focal point, right. All of a sudden it just energizes him. Like he knew like, all right, I got to step up. I have, I have to be that third guy. And I gotta be honest with these. And I didn't, I didn't think he had it in the tank, but if they, well, hit- I
0: thought, yeah, I, I love that. We mentioned it, like the, how, how, I love Mike James seeing Mike James play well. And I love guys like that where it's just like, I didn't know his story as Wikipedia him. they're hearing your stories about how he's apparently tough to deal with. But guys who are just like they're old, they get overlooked, but he was very successful in Europe. I mean he's very successful where he's been. It's like those guys tend to be good. and yeah. being a 30- year-old, like that's it's actually not a bad thing in the playoffs when you need a reliable veteran.
1: I I also think too that this might just be a perfect storm, right? Like he he's not a guy that's like a building block. He's probably not going to be back on their team next year. But like right now, like nobody cares, you know? Right, like he, and
0: he, he, that's what I love. Like I don't think so. I don't know what Steve Nash does if he
1: does. I think, he does. <laughs> he, I think to, he does a lot. I think he's. I, I think don't he's know. Steve Kerr. I think he's like Steve. Maybe Kerr. he's
0: Steve Kerr, but I give the organization, whoever's making the calls, credit for being like, this guy's pretty good. Let's play him versus, you know, Landry Sham, a bigger name. Tyler Johnson at one point was making like $15 million a year. He's a big I mean, name.
1: They've done everything in all honesty. Like the Nets have done everything that we've like talked about that they should do. Like DeAndre Jordan does not play. He's on the right. bench to be Kyrie and Katie's friend. That is it. He, he is not in the game. Now, if they play the Sixers, he may play some minutes. And I think that's acceptable, but like, Claxton we we called for more Claxton we're, we're seeing it he's gonna he guarded oh, yeah. he's guarding Giannis Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown
0: somebody you've always liked I I think that's so key it's like bad coach like I always write that LVP least valuable player column. Yeah, it's almost always the guy who used to be good who's getting overplayed because the coach is like scared to pull him
1: yeah, or they just yeah, they just think they can't pull him. They're like, oh yeah. well, he's he's better than what we have on the bench, and it's like, well, is he like he's he- right?
0: And then like, it's just see like the Clippers make adjustments, see the Nets make adjustments is really comforting. I do think there's a problem though for the Nets. Mike James six, of, they got a lot of problems. Well, if Harden's not back, Mike James six one, Kyrie Small, and in a way, it's fine because Milwaukee doesn't have like a great. You know, yeah, because Milwaukee's guards. like, hey,
1: we're like the, Milwaukee was like, we're gonna play Jeff T. Like, why? Jeff right. T's terrible.
0: But like the shooting guard's like their weak spot anyway, but I think it allows them I think they're gonna play a lot more Bryn Forbes, who's a really good shooter, who's yeah, like a liability a, but on But that's defense. also a
1: problem too, because like you can never play Bryn Forbes if like Drew Holiday's not in the game, right? Because right. you, you just have to have somebody to guard Kyrie. Because if you if you put even if you put Bryn Forbes on Mike James, it's probably gonna be an issue. And
0: you think he's gonna get roasted by my I mean, he might get roasted yeah. by Mike James, but Bryn Forbes is a guy. He, he was one for five from three, but if he shoots ten times, he's going
1: to make. He's three. a good. He's a really good shooter. And yeah. Bobby Portis has been a really good shooter for them this year. Again, they they they're not going to shoot twenty percent from three again. I, I would bet a lot of money right. that that just doesn't happen. Right. The the, the thing to me is like if the Nets play with the level of energy that they played with on Saturday night, I think they should still be considered the favorites because I, and I isn't think,
0: that an amazing thing. Like Milwaukee, one of the best teams in the league, you're still saying they're the favorite despite losing a top five player. Maybe.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I didn't, didn't think the Nets had that in them. I really didn't like, and, and I think it goes to show that like Milwaukee doesn't, strike fear into teams like you'd want. And I don't like to like talk in like coaching cliches, you know, that I I try to avoid that, but Giannis is incredible. And like, but I I think good players watch the bucks and they're like, look, this is a good team, but like they're beatable. Like they, they don't have what it takes to like get in the mud and like win tough games. And they did that against Miami in game one in the first round. And I was kind of like, wow, this is a really good sign. And then like last night, you just, or sorry, Saturday night, like you just have a chance to like totally take the air out of the Barclays center and like, you know, really tell KD and Kyrie, like, look, you guys aren't good enough. And instead they just got their asses kicked. Like they just got, they, every single loose ball was to the nets. Like they just got out tough, honestly. And, and I, I think that part of their switching strategy and their physicality is part of why they shot the ball really badly. They didn't miss a ton of like wide open looks.
0: I still think they'll. I, I want to like almost make my prediction for this series. I want to look at the schedule. Like, when are the games? Do you have it offhand?
1: Like, uh, is Harden done? So, I mean, so they, they play Monday night, um, and Harden is not going to play on Monday night. That is that is uh, already shown. Like, that's not going to happen. And then let me see what I can pull up the rest of it right. Yeah, because I was just
0: gonna say like I think Milwaukee is gonna win game two. I look I at. Like, I don't
1: know that I think Milwaukee's going to win game two. Uh, I just look the, at like
0: Chris Middleton and Bryn Forbes were probably the best shooters, one for ten last game. So
1: Harden, they play Monday at seven thirty, then they play Thursday at seven thirty. Maybe that seems really unlikely. They're diagnosing it as right hamstring tightness, which I just I don't think that's the case. But and then Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I, yeah, I so that's think,
0: pretty good spacing. So he should be back by game. four it it'll
1: be right. two if they get to seven game seven will be two weeks from saturday night so yeah.
0: see i think they'll go two and two and then harden will come back
1: i don't mm. know man i don't know it's you I, think they'll win before that i have no idea honestly i I, mm. I was ready last night to watch milwaukee win like uh, what i thought would be a tough game like but i thought my i thought milwaukee would win i thought that I was stunned at how poorly Middleton played and how little of an impact I thought he had. I, I yeah. think they can't have another game like that. But I if, I'm, also, if I'm
0: Brooklyn, like I think this is the important series. Like obviously they're all important, but like Philly and Atlanta, watching that game, like those teams don't scare me. Yeah, I, I think mean, Brooklyn like,
1: could be. I think Brooklyn could beat Philly without James Harden. I, I know that's crazy to say because their depth might be an issue. But if Jeff Green's back and they have extra shooting, like I, I think they could beat. Philly without It's
0: them. just so scary when like the fourth option is Joe Harris who shoots like 50% from three.
1: It's good for people who don't really watch the NBA to understand how good Joe Harris actually is because yeah. like he can put the ball down. If you close out wild to him like he can put the ball down drive and make layups like it's it's not easy to well, guard Joe Harris. Talk about like
0: and Jeff Green's out. They probably, I don't know if he's helpful or not. Honestly,
1: but, if the Nets get everybody, but let's just say like you could snap your fingers and Jeff Green and James Harden would be 100%. I, I don't the Nets are would win the title. Like I'm, I'm you know not, I'm, I'm so totally willing about, to say that.
0: Like how good their offense is. People forget. Remember Spencer Dinwiddie lost for the and season.
1: If they had Spencer Dinwiddie, their offense might be worse because it would be more like bogged down. But right, like I just feel like
0: that. Like, you're saying they're the favorite against Milwaukee despite not having I, Spencer Dinwiddie and James Harden.
1: I That's, don't know. I don't know if I think honestly. I don't feel as comfortable. Like I think the game last night was great. I think the home crowd was was really important to them. I don't know if I would consider them to be the favorite if, if James Harden is not going to play any games. If, if I'm, I, if per, I, my, knew- my
0: bold prediction is not bold, but I think the Bucks are, are better than they shown Definitely. In the first they're game, definitely. and I think they're going to win a couple games at least. But the, but the I, I just can't is, see them rolling over
1: again. Wait a second, no one's saying they're going to get swept.
0: You said they're going to get. You said they're going to lose without James Harden ever playing. You said Bud's going to be fired. The, the, one of
1: the one of the problems is like Giannis went sixteen for twenty four, and I understand he was over three from the foul line, but like Giannis going sixteen for twenty four and going for like thirty four and eleven, and like them still losing and like losing relatively convincingly, like in the fourth quarter, like when the Nets went on their run, the Bucks had no answers. I think it got to like fifteen at one point, so. My curiosity is like, at what point are we going to see Giannis on KD? Cause yeah, they, they, I, they
0: wanted PJ Tucker. It's just so, PJ's old. He's
1: I will say this. Old. I was impressed that Bud made that change to put in PJ Tucker because at least it's like, he's like, okay, I'm going to try some different things. Right. Cause that's been one of our biggest concerns about Mike Buddenholzer is that he's been kind of inflexible in the past with his decisions. So at least trying PJ Tucker, I think is a good idea. Uh, I think, Jeff Teague should be buried. Like I, I don't think yeah. there's any reason to play Jeff Teague. I think you should play your seven to eight guys as much as possible, and then I would probably play Giannis's brother just because he's well, you know a bigger, strong wing.
0: Is he? I don't know if he's hurt. Uh, Jordan Waroff, the rookie.
1: He's, no, he's not hurt. But again, you—he's you need-
0: not bad. He can shoot.
1: Well, I think the issue is six, seven, you know, for me, I wonder about Brooke Lopez in this series. Like he, he can't guard Blake. Right. And I think they'll go right at him. And the other thing about the nets, like Blake Griffin is an excellent drop coverage defender in pick and roll. Let me tell you about the nets. They don't really need to use screens because (laughs) Kyrie and KD are unbelievable ISO players and Harden is an unbelievable ISO guy. If he's healthy, And like, I just think that kind of renders Brooke useless on the defensive end because they just don't need his defensive abilities. And and like, he's not really a rim protector if they, they play five out all the time. Right. So I don't think that Brooklyn's going to ever have to be worried about their offense in this series. I think the concern is going to be, can Milwaukee make enough shots to kind of outshoot them? And I think they will do that a few games. Yeah. Uh,
0: That's what I think too. Like they'll, they'll get hot in a couple games. Anyway. Yeah, I wonder
1: I wonder what the change will be. I I, I know that they seem to like Pat Connington off I the like bench. I like Pat Connington too. But I I, I do wonder I think if like, they're going to
0: play Forbes or Connington and go smaller.
1: Do you think that you think it'll be Forbes or Connington for Brooke Lopez or do you think it'll be Forbes and or Connington for, for PJ for Tucker? PJ.
0: I think PJ is probably oh. done
1: well not done he played 28 minutes like he's definitely he's gonna done. play the problem <laughs> is he's, just, he's done the problem is like he used to be such a lights out corner three right. shooter and he was such a great rebounder on a team that needed that but like with Giannis, you don't really need a guy to keep the ball alive on the offensive he, glass. he
0: turned 36 last month i just don't he's think not he's not making
1: shots it's really bad like yeah and they don't have a guy this is another thing like Harden just spoon-fed PJ Tucker his production, right? It was like stand in the corner and shoot 45% from the corner. But like Giannis doesn't really like do that, right? Like he's a good passer, like he's a fine passer, but he's not like right in his shooting pocket every time. Remember how many times PJ Tucker felt like he caught the ball and then all he had to do was just raise his arms up and like he didn't even have to like get into his shooting motion? Like I think the Bucks are a bad fit for him as a corner three-point shooter. So
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: I, they, they um, and this, he
0: just been, been he's been cold all year. He's just like.
1: What's he shooting? hit a wall. From, what's he shooting from three on the year?
0: On the year, thirty three percent. He shot thirty nine for the for the Bucks. What's he shooting limited the, minutes. Co-
1: What's he shooting from the corner? Do you have his page um, up? Yeah, right I now have or the or page
0: no? up right now. I have it up. Don't worry. His offensive box plus minus for just Milwaukee is minus three per hundred possessions. That's actually chair. pretty
1: bad. I'm surprised at that. Yeah, it, it's, it's been went, it was
0: even worse in Houston. Um, let's see the corner. You ask.
1: Yeah. Giannis only played 35 minutes, by the way. Like that needs to be more. I mean,
0: we talked about Kawhi's much. percentage of attempts from the corner. <laughs> PG Tecker, 85% of his attempts. That's all
1: he that does. Corner. That's what it's he's really good at that.
0: And it for on the year, 35%. For Milwaukee, 37%. But that's actually kind of low. That's below average for corner threes.
1: Yeah, he was at one point, he was like the best corner three-point shooter in the league. So I again I, I think the Bucks need to make some adjustments. They need to figure out I think the biggest X factor is like, do we get game one Blake Griffin every game of this series? And if we do, I think the Bucks can feel confident, or I think that I'm sorry, the Nets can feel confident that even if Harden doesn't come back, they have a very good chance to win this series. If Blake, you
0: know, and I love playing, he's one of my, become one of my favorites, he's always been one of my favorites, but like, talk about misunderstood, because I used to watch him with the Clippers a lot, like game to game, game. He always people, you know. I was like Skip Bayless or something. So take it with a grain of salt about how he totally reinvented his game. But it's like he really didn't. Like he always played yeah, really he could, hard. He, he was could, always yeah. a good passer. He, he was just always handle the
1: ball a little bit yeah, more yeah. than this. This is what I always said. Like like Zion skill set outside of the shooting because Blake Griffin has become a pretty good three point shooter. Like Zion was always more Blake Griffin to me than anything else because he could dribble, he could pass, he could dunk. Right now Zion is a little bit different than Blake Griffin, don't get me wrong, but like that kind of like middle of the road. Like Julius Randle, the guy that we saw this year, he's basically Blake Griffin.
0: Right. And the thing I would worry about for Blake Griffin is like he'd always get hurt cuz I thought healthy. Yeah, he would play hard and his body type is bigger and like footbally. And but you know what, it's like cool. the Nets, like I thought Claxton looks so good. Like even if Blake Griffin gets hurt, I think they are no, they they still.
1: can't. If I mean he gave him eighteen and fourteen. Like they they it's going to be really hard to replace that production with no James Harden and no Jeff Green, right? So they can't what, really they amazing
0: go- like at all these teams like Draymond when he was playing small ball center, Jokic. Blake playing small ball center when your center can is a good passer it just makes
1: your offense so much better because you can just do and the other thing too is like again we haven't even really talked about Kevin Durant but like he's going to win a game in this series by himself like we know that right so like we're gonna see a game where KD just has 50 and if that happens like you you hope if you're the Nets that like that happens in like game five and you go up like you know Four one or three two. Uh, exactly. Can I put you
0: to end the podcast? Can I put you on the spot with two questions that you could change next week?
1: Yeah,
0: go ahead. Title pick right now. Entering Utah. round Utah. one. Utah. Wow, that's ballsy. And then this is on the heels of Kawhi's big two games, but like best player in the world right now.
1: Ah, oh, that's a good question. Uh <sighs> man, I don't know. I it's. It, I'm gonna say Jokic right today. Wow,
0: that is bold.
1: I mean, who would you say for either of those? You're gonna say Clippers, and then you're gonna say like Luca.
0: Uh, no, not Luca. I I was thinking Durant or
1: Kawhi. I um, know. Anyway, here's here's my problem. And again, we we we've, we've gone long because it's fun right. to talk about the playoffs. But like Kawhi Leonard is amazing. Like he, he he's tremendous. Like it, it, his game six was you know like a, a a one to put in his you know I don't know like put the paper clip like the newspaper clipping in your in your trophy case, right? But like how can you be the best player in the world and you're only required your team is required to get you to the playoffs and you only have to play. No,
0: that that's fair. I you know what I was thinking. No, you're right. I was thinking like Durant,
1: Durant like got hurt, right? Like he was actually injured and now he's come back and like, he's amazing. And the fact that he's so fluid and he's still so good after an Achilles tear is it's just. Like, yeah.
0: And, really and just to qualify, you called me on that. And I think you're right. Like it, same with Durant. He can't play any games. Anymore.
1: Are you, are you that telling game? me though? Like if, if you had, if you just had a league average roster, right? Like, let's just say everybody on your team was, was okay. Like. You're telling me Kawhi would be your second pick as the star it was, of the roster.
0: It was just one game.
1: Yeah, that's what that's what I'm asking. Just one game. You'd
0: I pick, don't know, man. Pick Kawhi. <laughs> I distrust his shooting
1: right now. Yeah, he's I mean. he's really making shots. I just think like it's it's hard for me to it's hard for me to like, why? And I understand that like, in a healthy
0: for, for, James Harden, I think would be
1: in there. I front. mean, you know that I would do that, oh, yeah. but he's not healthy. Cause I, <laughs> I also don't think like LeBron's really ready to give up the throne yet, but like, right. I think at some point it happens. And I do think the injury was a concern, but like, for me, like Jokic is just, I, I don't even know how to like explain when you watch, I, honestly, Luca is right there. Like Luca is, I, I think if you said Luca was the best player in the world, like I probably wouldn't argue with you at, at 21 years old, the guy's ridiculous. But like, I understand that Jokic had like Nurkic and Enos Cantor guarding him. And then like sometimes Rondae Hollis, Jefferson. I don't know what Portland was doing, honestly. Like we could talk about, about that more later, but it just seems like you can't stop Jokic. Like, I, I don't know. But how- you
0: know what? Like these passers, you know, Jokic and, um, you know, Harden to some degree, like, or LeBron. It's like, I know Kawhi and Durant yep. are going to get their shot.
1: Kawhi had what nine assists today. He's he's yeah. had a, some good numbers since we talked about how he was not a great passer. And he
0: was a stone cold killer this the, the whole series. I give him so much credit. Like he, even last series, like you know when they lost, like he, he played pretty well. It was more like Paul George kind of like flamed out. Um, again to game, I still think he's in the conversation. Yeah, and I then mean, like he you know,
1: definitely is. But I'm just saying. Like, and and in terms of
0: title player. picks, like I would have, I would have said Brooklyn if Harden's playing, or, but I so, don't know. So would
1: I, but yeah. I, I, I truly think there's a chance we don't see James Harden again. Hmm. That would be really disappointing, but like, and, and I think like Embiid deserves some knowledge there, or like some like notoriety there. And I think, I mean, obviously Giannis is like tremendous. There's no question about it, but I just think that, I think Utah is the best constructed team if Harden is hurt. Honestly, I
0: would be surprised if Utah won still, I would be, surprised.
1: I mean, let's I, I'm excited that this is why this is why the playoffs are so fun. Right. Because like the Clippers, like they get through this series. It's yeah. It's we'll super, find out pretty quickly. I was huh? going to say it's super emotional. Yeah. If they just beat the crap out of Utah, then like, I've totally misjudged this, but like, Man. I feel really good about how Donovan Mitchell's playing. I think that little rest where he was injured, you know, he's taking games off cause he's, he's resting. Like, I think that really matters. And I think for the first time in a while, like people are realizing that Rudy Gobert is, Really, really, really hard to play against. It's weird because
0: it's like round two, Brooklyn, Milwaukee feels like the conference finals. Utah, Clippers feels like the conference finals. And then we're going to see a round after. Hopefully everyone stays healthy. Yeah, it's
1: really interesting. Like if Denver was to actually beat Phoenix, because I think people just feel like Phoenix is better than them, right? And I'm not saying that they are or aren't, but if Denver beats Phoenix, I mean, whoever comes out of the Clippers, Lake, or the Clippers, Lakers, Clippers, or uh, jazz series I think will be like a big Favorite in the Western Conference Finals whereas I don't Think that'll be the case unless Atlanta win. If Atlanta wins and Brooklyn wins and Harden Comes back I think Brooklyn will be like minus 350 yeah. but I don't think that'll Happen I mean I think we're both on the same page like Philly in six for me And then I'm going to take Brooklyn in seven and just hope Harden Comes back yeah, I don't. I, I don't I, feel I good about it at All though
0: I agree with that but we Took opposite in the West so let's track that For next week
1: All right. And also I think you're currently winning the wins draft. I think you have like either seven, but it's not fair because like the Clippers played, you know, well, I guess they still get four wins. Yeah.
0: Four wins, but it was almost two and they're, they're moving on. Let's keep going. All right. We will
1: will be back next week. Uh, I'm not sure. Sunday night, maybe Uh, we'll, we'll look at the schedule and see what makes the most sense Sunday or Monday. But uh, uh, you can email the show Zandrick Ellison at gmail.com. And he is Zand underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. Go see his, hot fire takes and Zan as always buddy it's (laughs) a pleasure thanks for listening to the underdog sports NBA show with your hosts Tyler Laurie and Zanjic Ellison tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news